moments. Today, I want to share with you just for a few moments the need for something that we all need in our life that will help us to live by faith. And we find a story in the book of Joshua chapter 1. And here's what it says. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun. The poor guy didn't have a mother or father. He was the son of Nun. Moses said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot. Everybody say, my foot. As I, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, from the great river, the Euphrates, and the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people. Go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. What a powerful story. Now, we know what happened here, that God is actually commanding Joshua three times to be strong and courageous. We know the story starts with um, actually, Moses seeing a, a, a burning bush. Moses is in the desert. He's discouraged. He's, he doesn't have a lot of faith at this point. It's 40 years that he's there, and he's just hanging out with the sheep, and he sees this burning bush, and he, he goes over to the burning bush, and he hears a voice, and, and the voice says, Moses, take off your rebox. You're on holy ground. And God says to Moses, Moses, I, I want you to go into Egypt and I want you to pull my people out of G Egypt. I've seen their suffering. I've seen their pain. I've seen their misery. I've heard their cries. And I want you to go and deliver the people. And so Moses makes all kinds of excuses. He says, I can't go. I stutter. I can't go because I, I, how do I know that they're going to receive me? And even if I go and I tell them, you know, that you sent me, they're going to say, who is this God that sent me? And, you know, Moses goes through this whole thing and, and, and God is very patient with Moses and ultimately at the end God says okay I'll use your brother if you think you can't speak but you're going to still do this and Moses obeys the Lord he goes into Egypt he pulls the people out of of Israel out of Egypt and now they're in the desert they're there for a little while they get to the promised land and they're on the doorstep of the promised land and God says to Moses Moses I want you to choose 12 spies one from each uh, tribe and I want you to send them in 
And I want you to tell them to go and spy out the land and write everything down and bring it back to the people, not to discourage the people, not to make the people afraid, but to tell the people, wow, it's really awesome. It's a great land flowing with milk and honey. We can go in and take the land. Instead of going in there and looking at all that and writing down all the good things, they wrote down all the negative things. Listen, you need to start writing down the positive, not the negative in your life. Come on, somebody. Man, how often do we see all the negative in our life? How often do we see all the negative in this world? You know, I make it a practice every single day to thank God for all the good things in my life. Because I can give him a list of all the bad things. How, many about, how about you? Can you give the, the Lord a list of all the difficult things in your life, all the trials in your life, all the things that, man, are you, that are really irking you? You know, I instead, I choose every single day to give thanks to the Lord for all the good things in my life. And if you can't find anything else to give thanks to the Lord for, and if you're a Christian, you should find a whole lot. But if you can't find anything else to give thanks, give thanks to the Lord that he loves you just the way you are. Because, man, sometimes you're miserable. God still loves you. Right? And so the Bible tells us that they go in and they come back with a bad report. Ten of them said, there's no way that we can go take this land. There's no way. There's giants in the land. And the people are stricken with fear and they're paralyzed and they don't want to go in. Two of them, Joshua and Caleb, said, no, no, no. The land, yes, it has giants in the land. There's a lot of difficulties. But we can go in because we know our God. Listen, you need to know your God. And so they knew their God, and they said to the people, we're going to go in. But because of the bad report, the Bible says that God allowed the people of Israel to go around the desert again for how long? Forty more years. Forty more years. And the Bible says, and all those that were of negative report, all those that, that didn't have faith, they died in the desert. I mean, that should be a lesson for us. That should be a lesson when it comes to our life, that we have to have faith. The righteous will live by faith, amen? And if we don't have faith, we're gonna die. Our dreams are gonna die. Our families are gonna die. Our church is gonna die. Our community is gonna die. We're gonna die on the inside because we've gotta live with faith. We've gotta be positive. And so God creates this hunger in Joshua's life to know him in a great way. We're going to talk about that in a little while. But God tells Joshua, now, now they've been wandering around and, and all of the elders and all of the people that were negative, they died in the, the desert. Why? Because God's like, don't take them into the promised land because they'll mess up the promised land too. Let them die. Die. All of them die. Except for Joshua and Caleb and the new generation that God was raising up. I'm telling you, I'm so excited about this new generation of young people. Yeah, it's hard out there, but the harder it is, it seems like some of these young people, man, they've got a determination to serve God, to love God, to know God, and make God known. Come on, say, say thank God for this new generation. Come on. I'm telling you, it's a Joshua generation that God is raising up. I know, because I meet with them all the time. And they've got a passion for God, and they've got a passion for the Word. And, and the darker the world becomes, the more light they shine. It's so wonderful. And so the truth is that Joshua now has a decision to make. Is he going to stay on the other side of the promised land, or is he going to have courage to go into the promised land? And notice what God says to Joshua. He said, Joshua, I want you to be courageous. 
Joshua, I want you to be very courageous. Joshua, have I not commanded you to be courageous? And how often God has to speak into our heart and say, Steve, I want you to be courageous. No, Steve, I'm telling you, I want you to be really courageous. Have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? And why is that so? Because if there's ever a time that the church of Jesus Christ has to have courage, it's now. When we see all the things that are happening all around us, I know that our, in our heart we want to just sink and just, you know, cave into fear. I mean, if we, you, all you have to do is turn on the radio. All you have to do is turn on the, the news. All you have to do is look on, on the Internet, and you can see, man, every day is shooting. Every day this. Every day that. Every day is happening. And, you know, and we can give in to fear. But I want you to know that God wants you to be courageous. God wants you to understand that we may be living in the last days, but when whatever happens, the darker this world becomes, the brighter we shine. And the darker this world and the more confused this world becomes, the more that we need the word of God and the more that we need to understand that even as all these things are happening, we look up, our redemption is drawing nigh, Jesus is coming back, and man, oh man, we win in the end. Come on, you gotta believe that with all your heart. You've gotta trust the Lord to know that, yeah, it's gonna get dark, but we win. Come on, somebody help me out out here we win in the end I read the end of the book we win God is going to preserve us and bless us he said don't let your heart be filled with fear he said if you believe in God believe also in me my father's house there are many mansions if it were not so I would have told you but I'm going away to prepare a place for you so that where I am you might be also we win in the end because we're going to see God face to face. Didn't the Bible say, blessed are the persecuted, for they shall have what? They shall possess what? The kingdom of God. God's kingdom is so awesome. And if there's ever a day that we need to have courage, it's today. If there's ever a day that our young people need to have courage to go into their high schools, courage to go into their colleges, it's ever a day that we really need to have courage to, to go to where we work, places where people don't really like Christians much anymore, where they don't agree with us anymore, where people's lifestyles are so different than our lifestyles that we make them so uncomfortable that they become so angry at us. We live in a world today that requires incredible courage. Because every day of our life, we face giants. We face giants. Some of those giants are the giants of sickness. And the truth is, every day, we just need courage to face another day and believe God for a miracle in our life. Some of us face the giant of financial challenges in our life. Every day, another bill. Every day, a financial mountain. And some of us face the giants of emotional pain in our life. You know, we look good on the outside and we smile, but the truth is we struggle. Some of us struggle with the giant of depression. It's a giant thing that just sits on our chest. and It wants to suck the very life out of us. And some of us struggle with anxiety. We're going to be talking about overcoming anxiety in the next couple of weeks. Some of us we, we, we struggle with the loss of losing somebody in our life. We struggle with fear. And, they, and all of these giants scream out to us and say, today I'm going to feed your flesh to the birds. Today I'm going to take you down. I'm going to destroy you once and for all. Some of us, we face the, the giant of temptation in our life, just giant temptations in our life. No matter what it is, we're tempted. 
Maybe we're tempted to be unfaithful. Maybe we're tempted to just go online and watch things that we shouldn't watch. And we're, we're facing these giant temptations in our life. Some of us face the, the giant of marital issues in our life. Some of us face the giant of, of persecution for our faith just because we're believers at work, at home, at school, wherever it is. And the truth is those giants are big and they, they all scream out at us and they, 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 they threaten us and, and they want us to become discouraged because a devil loves a Christian who is discouraged. I think there's nothing more difficult than a Christian that's discouraged because you really want to you want to share your faith and you want to tell God how good God is but you just there's no song and you know more and because there's no song people around you say where is your God and if that's not enough here's the truth the truth is we serve a God who challenges us every day to live out our faith and do something that stretches our faith something that challenges us to trust him beyond where we are today. In fact, the truth is, when we get too comfortable, when we get too soft spiritually, when we need to grow again spiritually in our life, when we need another lesson of faith in our life, God, he allows us to face another Red Sea. Say, I know, I know we don't want trials. I know we don't want problems. I know that when God's handing out trials and problems, we run the other way. But Jesus said, be of good courage. In this world, you will face many trials in your life. But be of good courage. I have overcome. Hallelujah. I have overcome. And the truth is when we start getting a little lazy spiritually, God throws in another trial because he wants our faith to grow deep again. That's why James says, consider it pure joy when you encounter many trials of your faith. Why? Because God's doing a deep work of maturity in your life. He wants to stretch you. You see, we serve a great and mighty God. And sometimes, listen to me, and sometimes we get comfortable where we are. Sometimes we get comfortable in the desert. Sometimes we get comfortable with the good things that God has put in our life. And God's saying, no, 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 no. I want you to stretch a little bit more. I want to stretch your faith a little bit more. I want you to love people a little bit more. I want you to reach out to people a little bit more. I want you to believe me for some things that you have never experienced in your life. I want to take you to places you've never been before. I want you to step into the promised land. And I want you to face some of those giants and face some of those enemies in your life and I want you to possess the things that I have for you and unfortunately there's too many Christians that are living far below what God promised in their life why because they want to stay where they are and they don't want God to stretch them anymore God is a stretching God you better put your elastic on because God he wants to stretch you he wants to stretch you. Why? Because let me tell you, he wants you to possess some really awesome things in the promised land. And not only that, but he wants to expand. Listen to me. He wants to expand your footprint. Notice what he tells Joshua. He says, Joshua, you're going to go in and you're going to possess the good things in the promised land. God wants to bless you and he wants to do good things in your life. I didn't say he wants your life to be easy. Hello? See, because when we think blessing, we think the absence of trials. If God wants to bless me and prosper me, as the Bible says, and he will prosper, then we're not going to face any enemies. No, no, no. God said to Joshua, the only way you get to enjoy what I have for you is you got to fight for it. Come on. 
You gotta fight the enemies of doubt and unbelief. You've gotta fight the enemy of temptation. You gotta die to yourself. And you've gotta go in there and battle. Why? Because he says, I'm going to, I'm gonna expand your footprint. And you know what? I believe with all my heart that God wants to expand your footprint. I'm, I'm telling you that there's somebody that's listening to this sermon today and you are comfortable where you are. Maybe it's in ministry. Maybe it's in your marriage. Maybe it's in, 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 in your personal spiritual life, whatever it is. And God's saying, no, 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 there's a new season coming. I know you just went through summer and summer's a season where you chill out, man. Don't worry, be happy, man. Everything good, everything iry, man. You sucked down your coconuts and you sat on the beach for a little while and, and you got a little flabby spiritually. Come on, somebody. That's why the Lord told me, listen, do a, a series during the summer so that they don't lose momentum in their life. You know, summer's a time where we want to chill out. But you know what? That's a season. It's a season in your life where God gives you a little bit of rest. And the Bible says, and they fought, and then they rested from their enemies, and then God sent some more enemies. Why? Because they were getting flabby, and they were getting spiritually slow. And the Bible tells us that God sent some more enemies so that they can sharpen their skills again. But I'm here to tell you that God wants you to be in a new season. And the season that God is bringing some of you into, listen to me, listen to me, I'm telling you prophetically, the season that God is bringing some of you in is that God is wanting to stretch your footprint, expand your, what does it mean to expand your footprint? I mean, God is wanting to expand your influence. God is wanting to expand your territory, whatever that means. That could mean that God wants you to get more educated in his word. That may mean that God wants you to be more influential at work. That may mean that God wants you to get a raise at work and give God the glory. That may mean that God wants to bless you financially. That may mean that God's going to take you to a place that you've never been before. That God's going to say, you know what? You've been doing good here, but I want you to go from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to the uttermost parts of the world. I want to expand your footprint, and I want to use you for the glory of my kingdom. And I want to pray for you that God would help you to understand that the same promises he made to Joshua, he's making to you today. Notice what he said. He said, wherever you go, I'm going to expand your footprint. It's going to prosper. And don't ever forget this one thing. The same way I was with Joshua, I'm going to be with you. Come on, somebody. The same way, the same anointing, the same influence, the same God that was living in Moses is living inside of us. And he wants us to understand there's such greatness on the inside. And in any case, we as Christians, we will always have to live a life, listen to me, of courage. Why? Because listen to me. The Bible tells us the just shall live by faith. Listen to me. Look at me. And courage is the material that is used to make our faith. Courage turns into faith. And we, we all need faith in our life. Because we can't please God. The Bible says it's impossible to please God without faith. And what is faith? Faith is trusting that if God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. Faith is like, you know what? Here's what God's word says. God says he's going to be with me. God's going to expand my footprint. 
God's going to give me victory in this, in, this, in this part of my life. God's going to give me the ability to do this. God's going to give me the ability to expand and grow. And that greatness on, on the inside is going to be used for his glory and his honor. I believe that. I'm trusting him. And I'm taking steps into the promised land. And I'm going to face the enemies of my life. I'm going to cross over to Jordan into the promised land. What does it mean to cross over into Jordan into the promised land? It means that some of you on the other side of the river, God's got a blessing for you but you've got to go on the other side of the river and some of you that may mean I've got an addiction in my life and man I've been hiding that addiction and I haven't been confessing it to anyone else that I've got a a porn addiction or I've got this addiction or that I've got a drug whatever it may be in my life and I haven't made myself accountable and I'm not getting the help and on the other side of the Jordan is your victory but you've got to fight that battle by getting the help that you need come on somebody help me out for some of you, that, that, that Jordan for you and crossing over into the promised land means that there's a conflict in your life that you have not resolved and you need to pick up the phone and you need to say to somebody, listen, I'm sorry, I blew it, I need to be reconciled. And when you do that, the blessing of peace and joy will come back in your life because you've been obedient to God and you've let go of that bitterness and unforgiveness in your life and now you're on the way to, to having the fruit that God has wanted to give you for a long time in the promised land that you haven't had because you've been disobedient. See, see, courage comes out of obedience. See, notice what God says to Jeremiah, uh, to Joshua. He says, Joshua, be careful to obey everything that I told you. Then you will be prosperous. For some of you, obedience just means, man, I'm going to start believing God and trusting God for this miracle in my life. I'm going to dog this thing until it happens. For some of you, it's, hey, I'm going to start trusting God for my marriage again. For some of you, I'm going to believe God, and I'm going to trust God for ministry. God called me to ministry a long time ago, and I'm going to trust God and believe that God's going to make a way for me. Listen to me. Without courage, we will never be what God wants us to be. Without courage, we'll never do the things that God has called us to do because God is so much greater and bigger, and he's always stretching us. Without courage, we'll never have what God wants us to have. Without courage, we'll never defeat those enemies in our life. Without courage, we'll never enjoy what God wants us to enjoy. Without courage, we'll never endure through the things that God wants us to endure in our life. And you know what? Sometimes courage is just getting up in the morning and keep doing what you're doing. Now, let me tell you something. I have incredible respect for women. Now, I'm not just trying to get women to like me more, but I'm telling you, I'm convinced that when God created man, he said, I can do one better and and made women. I'm telling you. Listen, I have no problem admitting that. None at all. You know why? Because I watch my wife. I watch my wife go to work every day. She gets up 5.30 in the morning, takes care of my mother-in-law, who's 89 years old, who's very, very sick. And then she comes to work and works all day here at Bethlehem Assembly of God as the administrator. She goes back to the hospital, visits her mom. And I try often, I promise you, this is the truth, try often to talk her out of cooking dinner. But she runs home and she cooks a dinner. We sit down and have dinner. And then she gets on the phone and FaceTime and, and talks to her little granddaughters. And then on Monday, our only day off, we babysit our grandchildren. And, and it's a joy. I don't have a problem with it. But I watch my wife doing all these things. And then, 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 the biggest thing is she puts up with me. <laughs> I 
You just have to listen to me once a week. <laughs> Yesterday, my, we were at the beach with my granddaughter, and we were building a sandcastle. And my, my daughter, Jenna, was with us. We were building the sandcastle, and I'm, I'm building the sandcastle, and, and a piece of the castle broke, and, and my granddaughter started crying. She's like, no, no, no. She like, the whole world was destroyed, you know. And I took a little bit more mud, and I put it back again, and I packed it in really tight, you know, and all that. And I said, Ellie, you see, that's what life is about. You know, when something crumbles, you just pick it back up and put it back there, and God will help you. And my daughter, Jenna, goes, yeah, there's a sermon again. He's always preaching sermons. <laughs> <laughs> she, 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 she said to Ellie, Ellie, get used to it. That's what we've had to deal with all our life. Everything's a sermon. <laughs> it ain't easy living with a preacher, let me tell you. Come on, give it up for my wife. Come on. It ain't easy. But, but, but let, me, let me get somewhere with this. Let me get somewhere with this because this is really important. Because there's a single mother in this room. You're a single mom. Encouraged for you. I know, I get a lump in my throat. Courage for you. I had a mom, a single mom of four kids. Courage for you is just getting up in the morning and having the strength to face another day because you know how hard that day is going to be. But I want you to know that God, he's expanding your footprint and he's giving you the ability to see beyond where you are today and believe that this is a season in your life. But God's going to come through and give you a blessing that you cannot, can never even contain. In fact, if you're a single mom here today, just stand for a moment. We just want to applaud you. If you're a single mom, let's give it up for our single moms. Come on. Come on. Let's give it up for our single mom. Come on. I want to pray for you right now. I want to pray for you right now. Father. In the name of Jesus, come on, let's pray for our single moms. Lord, we pray for our single moms right now, God. Jesus, we pray that you bless them and you touch them and you help them to have courage, Lord. God, help them to have courage to just wake up in the morning and know by the end of the day, your grace will be sufficient. In Jesus' name, amen. Do we have any single dads here? Any single dads here? I didn't think so. It's all about the women all the time. Amen. But the truth of the matter is, is that courage is the material that faith is made out of, and we all need courage in our life. So where did Joshua get his courage? Because, you know, notice that God didn't say, Joshua, I'm going to give you courage. He just said, be courageous. Joshua, be courageous. Now, I understand the Holy Spirit comes to help us. But where do we get the courage from? You know, I did some studying on life of Joshua and I recognize that Joshua, number one, write this down, Joshua got his courage in the secret place. Joshua got his courage in the secret place. Friend, you will always develop courage in your own personal secret place. You will never be a person of courage unless you spend the time in your own personal secret place. I can't tell you how many times I have come out here on a Sunday morning, my knees are knocking, and the Lord has met me, and the Lord has given me the ability to preach because I've been in this secret place. Times when I didn't want to preach, times when I didn't want to face the people. You think everything's great, 
Tried to do this for 35 years straight every Sunday. Have another sermon. Have a creative sermon. Be up for it. Be ready to go. Living in the right life. Understand. Sometimes, man, just, God, I don't want to do that. But I go to the secret place. And God meets me in the secret place. And God gives me a courage and a boldness to face the things. It wasn't easy when we started Hope Day. One church, one location, a lot of money, big vision, a lot of money. God, how am I going to do this? But you go in the secret place. And you know what happens when you go in the secret place? God does two things for you. One, he changes your focus. You see, when you're not in the secret place and you're facing situations in your life, what do you see? You see the mountain. You see the giant. You see the problem. You see the valley. You see the situation that looks so big, but you can't see God. But when you close yourself out and go into the secret place, like Isaiah, when the Lord, when, 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 when the king Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. You see, you got to look a little higher. Because there might be a giant in front of you, but if you look just a little bit higher, you'll see a God that's bigger than the giant, greater than the giant, more powerful than the giant, who promises you that he's going to be with you. He's never going to leave you nor forsake you. And that's what the secret place does. It develops this courage that only comes through prayer. Hey, we find this happening the first time when, when Moses, Moses would often, the Bible say, go outside of the camp and he would pray to the Lord in the tent of meeting. And while he was praying to the Lord, the Bible says the Lord would meet Moses like he met a friend face to face. But when Moses left, what did Joshua do? He stayed in the secret place. The Bible says, but, but Joshua stayed in the tent of meetings. Why? Because Joshua would have to one day lead the people of Israel to a place of greatness. Listen. Do you want God to expand your footprint? Let me see your hands. How many of you, God, God, I want you to expand. Guess what? Then you're going to have to learn if God is going to expand your footprint, if God is going to use you in a great way, then you're going to have to learn how to go into the secret place and meet God for yourself so that you can get to that place in your life where you know God. See, I get courage. We get courage because we just know God. So let me ask you a question. Do you know God in the secret place? Because if you know God in the secret place, when you face a giant, you just know God. I know there's a giant, but I know God is faithful. I know there's a giant. I know there's a situation, but I know that God is faithful. I know that God is mighty. I know that God is, is not only mighty and faithful, but God is able. Why? Because I know God in the secret place. I love Psalms 27. Psalms 27 is my favorite psalm. And the reason why it's my favorite psalm is because it really shows us what David is feeling and how David is understanding how to understand courage in his life and how to gain courage in his life. I want you to notice what it says in Psalms 27. David begins and he says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. He illuminates my mind and my heart. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Even though my enemies, he said, when the wicked advance, what is he talking about wicked? For us, when trials come our way, 
When situations come our way, when giants come our way, when, when giant trials come our way to devour our faith and cause us to be discouraged, it is my trial and my situations and my foes that will stumble and fall. Why? Because I know my God. I'm faithful in knowing the one thing that God is also faithful in my life. One thing he says that I ask of the Lord, this I only seek that I, what, may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, the secret place, that I seek the Lord every day, early in the morning, that I dwell with the Lord, that I walk with the Lord, that I hear his voice, that I can understand and comprehend who he is, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord, to gaze upon the excellence of the Lord, to gaze upon the characteristic of the Lord, to understand that he's majestic, to understand that he's faithful, that understand that he is grace-filled. Why? Because I've been in the very presence of Almighty God. And friend, when you get discouraged, you need to go into that place with God. You need to go into that secret place and say, God, I can't understand why this is happening. Lord, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this, but I need to see you. And when you begin to see God clearly again, faith arises on the inside and you say, you can face your giants because God is faithful. Come on, somebody say amen to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in the secret place in the temple. David's cry is to know God intimately. For in the day that I face trouble, you will keep me safe in the secret place. You will hide me in the shelter of your sacred tent and set me high upon the rock. Intimacy brings confidence. Notice, notice the confidence that's building in David. I go and I seek the Lord in the secret place. And you will keep me safe. And then he says, this is what he says. And then, verse 6, my head will be exalted again. Hallelujah. Come on, Christian, lift up your head. Lift up your head. Then my head will be exalted. What does that mean? It means he's got confidence again. Above my trials and our situations and my enemies who surround me. At his sacred tent, I will sacrifice. I will rejoice in praise and I will sing and make music to the Lord. Then he goes back and cries out to the Lord, hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says to you, seek his what? Seek his what? His what? His face. See, too many Christians want to seek his hand, but we don't want to seek his face. When I seek somebody's face, it talks about intimacy. When I seek somebody's face, come on up here, brother. This is intimacy. When I seek somebody's face too close for comfort. Yes. This is intimacy. Well, I'm not going to do it to a woman. I'll get in trouble. Well, these days I might get in trouble for a man, too. Intimacy. You know, you know those people that get close to you, really close in your face? You always want to back up a little because they got bad breath probably. There's something about getting close, intimate with somebody. David says, I want to get that close to God, to see him face to face. I want to smell his breath. I want to be that close to God that I actually want to know how he operates. And how do you do that? You do that in the secret place. You do that through his word. He said, your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. 
Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject or forsake me. God, my Savior, though my father and my mother forsake me, the most of intimate relationships, though I'm forsaken by my father and my mother, yet, Lord, you will receive me. Teach me. Here, shh. Teach me your ways, O Lord. Lead me in the straight path because of my oppressors, because of my trials, because of the things that scare me spitless. Do not turn me over to the desires of my foes, for false witnesses rise up again. My, my, my giants are rising up again, Lord God. My depression, my anxiety, whatever. It's spouting malicious accusations. This one's going to take you down. But Lord, listen to what it says. Prayer brings restored courage. I remain courageously confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So therefore, wait for the Lord and listen, be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. So as I close today with your heads bowed, your eyes closed, I'm going to ask you one question. Do you really know God intimately? If you do, when the battle comes, you can say, I know my God is faithful. And that brings courage. When the battle comes, I know my God is merciful. I know he's all-knowing and sovereign. And I know, I know my God. See, the reason why so many Christians fall apart and they give in to fears, they just don't know God. They don't know God intimately. They don't know God through his word. They don't know God through prayer. They don't know God through fellowship. There's no shortcuts to intimacy with God, friends. Intimacy re requires removing obstacles that distract us in our life. Intimacy requires time alone with God. Intimacy requires learning and leaning at the feet of Jesus. Intimacy requires reading his word and meditating on his word every day. And it requires obedience. So maybe you're facing a situation in your life that requires courage, a lot of courage. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm, 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 I'm in a situation that requires a great amount of courage in my life. Whatever it is, I want you to raise your hand right now. Say, Pastor, I need courage today. I'm in a situation that requires a tremendous amount of courage in my life. Raise your hands right now. Say yes. Lord, I need more courage to believe. God, I need more courage to believe that you want to expand my footprint, Lord God. I need courage to believe, God, that there are things in my life that I have not yet received. But by faith, Lord, I'm going to trust and believe, God, and obey you no matter what it is. God, I need courage to obey you. Raise your hand. God, I need courage to be more influential in my life. I need courage to stand up for my faith. God, I need courage to face tomorrow. I need courage to face my marriage. I need courage to face that conflict. I need courage, Lord God, to be the, the believer that God called me to be. Lord, I want to walk in courage today. I want you to stand courageously and say, I need courage. Stand with me if that's you. 
If that's you, stand with me right now and say, I need courage. I need courage. I need courage to be everything that God called me to be. I need to stand in courage. I'm going to ask you to do something right now, courageously, courageously. I'm going to ask you to step out of your seat and meet me right here. I want to pray for courage for you. Come on. Let's get out of our seat and just come. In the balcony, you come down those stairs. Don't let, those, don't let that balcony keep you from coming. Just come quickly, quickly. I need courage. I, I need courage to study. I need courage to go to my next level in my, my education. I need courage to be the Christian that God called me to be. I want you to get out of your seat and come quickly. All over this place, come. All over this place, come quickly.